This is an ABC podcast. In 2001, legendary, iconic musician Bob Dylan toured to Melbourne and he was performing at one of our giant stadiums and I was a big fan but had not seen him live so I went to the concert but it was a great concert, don't get me wrong. The next day I heard he was staying in Melbourne for two more nights, not to perform but just to do some sightseeing and I heard that he was actually going to have a private tour of the Royal Botanic Gardens and have a look at some of their private plants as he's a keen botanist. I had a friend whose uncle worked at the Botanic Gardens and I made a call and was able to find out the walking itinerary for the gardens, made my way to the gardens, took the day off school and saw a party of about four or five people, one wearing a trench coat, dark glasses and a hat, who I realised was none other than Bob Dylan. I sidled up next to them and because I was a bit of a quirky guy, I thought I won't fan out, I'll do something just to get his attention. And I said, Bob, would you like some banana bread? I baked some banana bread uh, the night before. And it was so jarring and caught them so off guard that two of the five people laughed. And one of those two people was Bob Dylan. And so he said, do we want to come, come with us and walk, and walk around, and around? So I gave him my banana bread and we strolled around the Botanic Gardens for about 45 minutes just chatting to each other. I told him about my time at school and and uh, I talked about the concert and he said he was really happy with the, the crowd that night and then he said, oh, what do you, what do you want to do uh, when, you're, when you're older, when you're older, when you're a grown-up boy? And I said, oh, I've got a dream, Bob, of hosting a podcast one day, and, but I don't know what I would call it. And he said, well, it's just a tasty, a tasty little snack you could call it. What, what's, what's your name? And I said, oh, it's, my name's Sam Jonathan McMillan. He said, oh, no, that, that won't work. You don't use your real name. My name's Robert Zimmerman. I don't use that. Well, what should I call myself? You call yourself Sammy J. Oh, okay. Well, what should I call the podcast? Well, you could call it the Sammy J snack pack because it's a tasty snack. Oh, great idea. And I said, thanks, Bob, for your time. And before he left, we were standing up at Gulfoil's Volcano just on the South Yarra side. And he said, um, one more thing I've just got to ask you. What's a podcast? I said, I'll tell you when you're older, Bob. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And that's what you've done, listeners, and it's such a thrill to have you here for this week's episode, which is going to get iconic real quick. Not just Bob Dylan, we're going to talk real estate, we're going to talk iconic comedians, and we're going to talk about iconic bands who saved the day. So strap in, we're going deep. This is the Sammy J Snack Pack. Owen Wilson, mate. Owen Wilson, renowned comedic actor and film star. Yeah, he was staying at a resort for a month doing a film. This was in Southeast Asia. And we had our wedding and our reception, and we were staying there for a few days. And so we knew he was at the resort. And on the night of our wedding, we're, you know, my wife's in a beautiful wedding gown, and I was in my tuxedo. And he came back from filming, and we said, um, you know, we had the backdrop. You know, they have the backdrops for photos. With yeah, guests. yeah. Yeah, I said to him, oh, could we get a quick photo with you um, and my wife? And uh, he said, I'm sorry, I'm too tired. I was like, oh, okay. Did he do he it said, in, yeah, his, look, in his classic Owen Wilson drawl? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, the American Texan yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, and uh, so he said, oh, look, if you're staying at the resort, uh, maybe tomorrow. I said, ah, oh, don't worry about it, mate. We're talking icons on the Snack Pack this week, and one icon has replaced another. Jimmy Barnes has had to cancel a string of dates early next year for the By the Sea tour, but guess who's stepped in to replace him? None other than iconic Aussie rock band, the Hoodoo Gurus. Dave Faulkner is the singer-songwriter at the forefront of 
of the Hoodoo Gurus and has been for 41 years. Dave, welcome to the Snack Pack. Do you still feel like the young man you were when you play some of those original songs? Um, the, yeah, it's weird. The, I, I kind of The songs are very current for me. They don't feel like they're old songs. Mm-hmm. And I guess some of the things I'm expressing in them uh, are still fairly pertinent to my life. I uh, have quite a lot of songs about trying to figure out who I am and I don't think I have ever gotten a good answer to that question. So, so, so I'm still singing about that and still trying to work out things out. You would have had some some mad fans along for the ride, and not just mad, but just loyal fans as well. Do you still see the same people decades later coming to the gigs, having a chat, even having friendships with them? Definitely. Um, we have a very good friend um, in in uh, Sunshine, actually, and um, unfortunately, she just got came down with COVID for the first time yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I had a chat to her yesterday, but um, yeah, this is this is someone who was that who wrote the very first fan letter we ever received, and uh, and you know of course that's quite a dramatic moment in, in any pop star's life to yep. uh, have a fan letter, um, and so we 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 became very good friends immediately. I just you know reached out to her and um, you know got a correspondence, and of course you know now you know I've met her kids and everything, so yep. um, you know we had a long uh, friendship. Hey Dave, I've got three pretty major big questions for you. Are you ready for them? I am indeed. Okay, first question, Dave Faulkner. What you seeing? Well, this is a kind of unusual one because I did do something pretty unusual. Uh, this week I went to the opening of Sydney Modern, uh, the, the preview um, on Wednesday night, the new art gallery they built uh, in the domain there Ooh. next to the old one. So, um, yeah, it's pretty impressive. I mean, I've been hearing about it for a long time because our drummer, um, Nick Reith, is actually works there. He's, uh, he, he hangs the art. He's kind of the head roadie at the art gallery. So I've been hearing about all the troubles he's had, you know, hanging this insane art. But, how, how modern? How insane are we talking? We are talking in ridiculous. Like there's a thing called the tank, uh, which is an old um, diesel fuel tank for the Navy across the, the bay there at Woolloomooloo. Mm-hmm. It, uses, it was put there in World War II as a strategic, uh, you know, um, storage for, for the, the uh, fleet. And they obviously they pumped all the oil out and had to re- restore the uh, you know integrity of the, of the thing. And it's this, this incredibly huge space that's concrete bunker with pillars all the way through it. And there's this um, Argentinian artist. Um, now his name's going to uh, it's quite a tough one for me. Adri- Adrian Villarrojas. Sounded perfect. Um, yeah, and he's um, done this incredible installation. That's all these black sort of bric-a-brac things made of plastic and. Uh, laser printed and also just things he's burnt and stuck together with you know a whole lot of a team of people in Argentina, and they look like giant sort of primitive dinosaurs or something, and they're in this darkness and they're all there's tra- there's lighting on tracks that sort of you know moves and spotlights weird little spots of it, awesome. and at various points it goes totally pitch black, so you can't move otherwise <laughs> you'll bump into a pillar. It's crazy. This it's very That's- cinematic and mental. That's the Sydney Modern. You know that we're having a big revamp of our gallery precinct here in Melbourne. Oh, absolutely! I've been hearing about the uh, the new centre that's going to happen behind the behind the um, concert. That's hall right. There. Yeah, it's it's that right across the incredible. road from the ABC. It's going to be pretty sweet. Indeed, uh, it's quite amazing and good for me, rock and roll too. I gather the uh, the uh, vault's going to go there. That's right. It's yes, indeed. You're right. You're all, you're all across it. Dave I Portner, am indeed, mate. Who does his research? <laughs> what you're hearing. Uh, what am I hearing? Well, I, I hate to tell you, but there's another radio station I tune into um, quite regularly, and it's, uh, it's you can get it on the net and mm. uh, get an app for it, even it's free. Um, WWOZ, which is of course the American way of saying it, but that's a New Orleans uh, jazz, uh, soul, and R&B 
station, blues, whatever. They, you know, it's just New Orleans music, and they're just like the heart of New Orleans. They have these different, um, you know, different DJs have their special speciality that they um, program, and it's just insane the music these guys play. Well, you're skating on thin ice here, but I will allow it because uh, <laughs> so long as people only tune in from eight thirty when Virginia starts on our program, it's thirteen minutes to eight to seven o'clock. Uh, Dave Fortner of the Hoodoo Gurus just finally, what you tasting? And it can be bread-based, uh, but it doesn't have to be. Uh, well, I've got one that's bread-based as it happens because um, the other day I was, I was in Perth uh, visiting my family and I had a, a gig over there, solo thing actually, which is very rare for me. And um, my sister-in-law brought out something I hadn't uh, thought of since my childhood, which was Arnott's Lemon Crisp Biscuits. Oh, yes. I didn't know they still existed. And it was, it was like I went back to being like 10 years old thinking this is the best treat ever. Because you know, they've got that salty sort of thing on the top and yep. then, of course, the, the sweet lemon filling. It's, they're, they're incredible. So uh, I'm going to be seeking those out again. If you're an avid watcher of ABC TV and if you were in the 90s, you probably know this theme. Well, two blocks of land in the shadow of the Round the Twist lighthouse have been put up for sale. One of them just sold for $2 million. And guess what? You probably know the face of the person singing that theme because not only did she lend her vocals to Round the Twist, she also starred as Linda in Series 1. What an absolute thrill to welcome someone I grew up watching. Tamsin West, welcome to the Snack Pack. This bit of news is really just another excuse to shout out Round the Twist and your wonderful work on that iconic Australian television show. Must be pretty exciting to still get recognised for it. Oh, look, it is. It was, you know, I mean, it was such a wonderful experience. And I am. I'm so privileged and so proud to be part of something that, you know, generations literally, because now I have kids and and they love it, and um, uh, generations of Australians grew up with. And um, and I'll just say up front, sorry, Melbourne, that you are now going to have that so in your head for the rest of the day. (laughs) Tell the truth. Are you the one who forked out two million so you could live there? Was it you, Tamsin? Oh, no, no, unfortunately not. Unfortunately not. I had to, I had to, had to parcel that one. But, uh, but yeah, it is really a, really a special place in the world. It's a, it's a beautiful place. We had an absolute blast filming down there. Well, I'm about to kick into the series with my kids. I think they're old enough now, but we all remember it for some of the, the grossest things that we get to watch. You actually had to do it. Take me through the, the bird poo. I know that was um, uh, one particular day that you had to spend in some discomfort. And let me tell you, Sammy J, that was my first day of filming. <laughs> day one, day one covered in bird poo. So, um, and yeah, the level of discomfort was quite high because the, the bird poo, um, sorry to share the illusions of Australians, but it wasn't real bird poo. Oh, what? Um, yeah, I know, I know. We tried to get those seagulls. They just were so uncooperative. They would not wheel around, you know? They're just nearby, but never over the top. Um so we did have to bring in some fake bird poo and this stuff, let me tell you, we were I was we were covered. Sam and I were covered head to toe with this with this bird poo. And uh and it went as hard as a rock. <laughs> so, <laughs> we got to the last scene of the day, we've been filming all day covered in bird poo. And we got to the scene where we emerge out of the top of the uh, shack, out of seagull shack, mm-hmm. and we're covered in poo and our faces are covered in poo. And Ethan Storm, who was the most wonderful, fantastic director, um, says to us, um, "Come on, guys! You know we need a bit more, bit more expression, a bit more wonder. You know, you've just found the rubies. You've just been pooed on by, you know, seen a ghost skull." And we're like, "I can't 
Oh, Barry um, Humphreys, Australian comedy Barry royalty. Humphreys. Exactly right. So I was at, in the foyer of the Athenaeum after a show, and having been in the show, and one of our younger cast members found stuff, and she was this beautiful blonde girl, and he was immediately taken with her. And we were chatting away, and he said, you know, I, I actually I've filled this theatre quite a few times. And she looked him straight in the face and said, gee, you must have a lot of friends. She had no idea who he was. <laughs> And did he take it uh, in good humour? He was so gracious. The Snack Pack. A lot of people have asked me whether I stayed in touch with Bob Dylan after our Botanic Gardens stroll. Um, Only once. I was over in Edinburgh and he'd been performing in the UK and he did drop me a line to say, um, Sammy, I came and and watched your show with with, with Randy. It was a good good show. You make a funny comedy duo. He emailed that to me. Never heard anything from him again. I'm so excited to have in the Snack Pack studio right now a man I love. Comedian, artist, actor, man for all seasons and star of the hit comedy show Astonishing Obscurity, available now via the ABC Listen app, David Quirk. David, what's the hill you're going to die on? Well, Sammy, I had a... um, There's very few hills, but I... Can I tell you a story where my partner and I... We were invited... Okay, apparently we, we were on a short list mm-hmm. from some friends um, to go to their Airbnb with their three kids. Okay. Um, so far, so good. Well, you'd, well, yeah, we thought, okay. Short list is a bit problematic, I guess. Yeah, it's like a, not an award ceremony or something. <laughs> but we thought, okay, my partner and I, let's go. Let's go out there to the coast down Mornington Way. Lovely. And they were there for a week. So they literally said to us, you've been selected out of this big list, mm. we, we'd like to have you guys come and hang out with us. And we thought it might have been to take the edge off, you know, family life for a couple of days or something. We thought, why not? We'll go. So you haven't got kids. Let's make that we clear. We don't. Let's make that abundantly clear. <laughs> um, not that it's about kids, this no. story. But we went out there, stayed a couple of nights, had fun. We rocked up with, a, I think, a lovely bottle of gin mm-hmm. to say thanks for having us on your, in the little gap in your holiday. So Thank who's you. in the house at this point? Them, them, three kids, and another They're three guest. kids. Yes. Okay. And another guest who was also on this <laughs> short list. Okay. Of friends, listeners, you're listening to David Quirk. He's telling us a tale. He hasn't yet got to the gripe. But we're setting the scene where he's been invited. He's made the short list. His his beautiful partner That's right. down to join a family in a holiday house. That's right. So and far, so okay. All was fine until they said, uh, "You owe us this much money for." the night you've stayed. And we were a bit taken aback because we thought, didn't you... We weren't dying to go out there. You know what I mean? And we that's why on earth did we show up with a bottle of, like, $80 gin? <laughs> hey, when did they bill you for the, for the stay? As we were leaving. Oh, as you were leaving, they said, He's, oh, this is what... Yes. Uh, how many How do you feel you about stay? that as a, as a parent? Uh, two out of, I think, five or six. They were there for five or six nights. Mm. You, they invited you, mm. made you feel special, told you you were on a short list. Mm. Because what, did they think you were good for their kids and stuff? Or like, just yeah, vibe? yeah, that, I don't know exactly. And you turn up, you bought them gin, yep. you stayed two nights, and they billed you prorated? Yes, uh, yeah. Like, so for two nights accommodation? They would have done the breakdown. Mm. <laughs> 
I'm trying. So, care to comment? Okay, so I'm trying to just to distill this in a manner not unlike the gin process into mm. a gripe. <laughs> I suppose you are dying on the hill of unfair payment requests from yes, friends. That if we can still call these people no, that no. word. They're friends still. Well, not after this segment, David Quirk. No, man. <laughs> you had no thought at all that you would be asked to contribute. How nice was the accommodation? It was um, fine, standard. Um, not, not outrageously uh, extravagant. How nice was the company? Was it a lot of... It was good. Did they get you to look after their kids at any point? Did you no. spend time ever, like, just hanging out with them while they were just having a wine and you were sort of quasi-babysitting? To be fair, that, uh, was the, those two nights was the time I got into Wordle. The kids got me into Wordle, which I now do religiously. So, so you were just maybe hanging I should out thank with... them. Oh, but I'm just... I, I am totally, and I'm full have... bias declaration, I've known you for 20 years, mm. I'm on your side here. Okay, good. I think and, what's you have, is, and you have kids. They, I've got kids. Yeah. I think they've gone, we're booking a week away, but man, kids are a bit annoying. <laughs> who, who would be gullible? Who would be dumb enough yeah. to come down? We can get the kids to play Wordle with them mm. while we just go for a stroll on the beach. And you know what? We can then build them as well. And David Quirk is the one name that came to their mind. That is... I didn't say it that way, Sammy, but how dare you point that out. Well, Sammy, I'm, I met a certain breakfast radio host at the Blood Bank the other day. Oh, yes. And, um, we were at the Blood Bank together. A, yeah, we were. And there was a video recording. Yeah. And there was a, it was documented. Yep. And, uh, and I was interviewed. And, um, and I didn't make the cut. Welcome to Showbiz, baby. That's what happens. <laughs> Thumbs down, Sammy. This is the Sammy J Snack Pack. Well, it's December. It's a big year. We've only got one snack pack left in us. So why don't we start wrapping things up? And today we'll turn our attention to the screen. The actor awards have just gone by and someone who was raging throughout the night was film and TV critic for news.com.au, Wenli Ma. Wenli, did you get any sleep last night? Oh, yeah. I've had at least two and a half hours. <laughs> Run us through some of the big winners. You mentioned Heartbreak High, which has swept the world in its new incarnation. What else was it was on show? Yeah, uh, Mystery Road Origins on the ABC, of mm-hmm. course, uh, won quite a lot of the TV awards, including Best Actor for Mark Cole Smith and uh, Best Actress for Tali Narkel. Um, so that's always... I think Mystery Road's done really well at the actors every year that it's been up, and it wasn't really surprising to see it do well again. Uh, and Elvis was the big winner out of the film categories. Baz Luhrmann won for Direction. Uh, Austin Butler sent in a video from overseas for winning Best Actor. But Best Actress went to Leah Purcell for The Drover's Wife, and she was there to accept. It was a beautiful. Um, she was actually nominated in four different categories, which is a record for any individual. Um, so it was really nice to see her get lead actress, even though she missed out on film direction and screenplay, I think. <laughs> was there a good vibe in, in the room? Did it feel, I know we're all talking about this year as being a transitionary year, but was COVID just a little less present, if not in the room physically, but in people's minds? I don't believe I heard anyone say the C word, wow. except for uh, I think one of the winners didn't wasn't there because they actually did get uh, COVID, mm-hmm. and so it was collected on their behalf. But other than that, the, yeah, the vibe was good. Natalie Imbruglia got up there and sang Torn, and uh, oh. Guy Pearce, I did not know he could sing. He got up there and sang as well. Uh, Rebel Wilson turned up. She made some jokes. Russell Crowe turned up quite a few times. He is the president of the act, um, or yeah, the president of the mm-hmm. actors. But it was nice to see him kind of 
of really among the proceedings more than just once, so it wasn't, you know, purely ceremonial. Yeah, it was a really nice vibe and, you know, everybody was dressed up even though it was a very long event, uh, but it was as these things tend to be. Uh, and Sean McAuliffe's um, Mad as Hell won one of the awards in the TV categories, but he wasn't there, but Christy Whelan Brown was and read a riotous message from him. <laughs> Unreal. We are talking about the actors last night with Wenli Ma, although Wenli, they are second in importance only to your end of year wrap up because this is <laughs> the Wenli Ma actors, the Wenli Mactors, uh, when I'm going to ask you for your, your top. Your top three telly shows of the year. You, you've spoken very generously to us all year about the new and the old and genres. What are the things that have tickled you in 2022? Yeah, I love a comedy, so I have to, you know, give uh, one, at least one of the spots to something that makes me laugh out loud every time. It's in its fourth season, so it's not necessarily new, new, but it's what we do in the shadows. It never fails to tickle me, as it were. What we do in the shadows up to season four now. Okay, now let's take it away from comedy. Let's get real. What else is on your list? Yeah, I loved The Bear, which uh, is, even though it's a short series in the sense of it's only goes about half an hour, which... Actually, we all love Half Hour Show. Uh, it is a drama. It is set behind the scenes of a kitchen in Chicago. Uh, it's about this guy who comes back to, you know, he's worked in all the fine dining restaurants in the world, highly renowned, and then he comes back to his family restaurant and uh, it's kind of wrapped, his return is wrapped up in some grief because his brother died and left him the restaurant and he's got to turn around this Italian hot beef sandwich place. And at the same time, he's dealing with his own emotions, which he can't quite process because he doesn't understand why his brother died. And it's just so intense. Let's finish up with your final uh Favourite TV moment of 2022? Bad Sisters. Loved Bad Sisters. It's an Irish drama, comedy, black comedy drama. Uh, it is create, well, adapted for English language by Sharon Horgan, who is an Irish filmmaker, actor, you know, writer. She's one of, really one of the most exciting talents working today. Because she made a show which was on the ABC called Catastrophe, which uh, with uh, Rob Delaney, and that was a hilarious relationship drama. It's a few years ago, but I still love it. And then she made Bad Sisters, which is about five Irish sisters, and one of them is married to the worst man on earth in, you know, coercive control, toxic masculinity, the worst kind of person, and uh, the other four strive to kill him. <laughs> and uh, it kind of makes murder okay in, you know, that ethically dubious way, but you can't help but go, oh, man, that guy needs to go, what? and, like, permanently. <laughs> another day, another snack pack. Thank you for your company, my friends, and thank you to Ross Kavanagh, my sound wizard, for pushing the buttons, and all my family at ABC Radio Melbourne. You can tune into our breakfast show from 5.30 every morning via the ABC Listen app. Christmas is coming, and so is our final snack pack for the year, so see you this time next week. Hi, Philip Clark here from Nightlife. It might seem like too much of a good thing isn't good for you, but a little bit more nightlife won't hurt. Indira Naidu and I have everything you need to get you through the night on ABC Radio seven nights a week. And as for that little bit more, well, I'd like to invite you to listen to the Nightlife podcast. It's some of the bits you may have missed from the program available any time of the day. Some guests will make you laugh and some will make you cry and you'll always learn something new. It might even give you an edge for the mighty challenge. Hmm, there's only one way to find out. Make sure to add the Nightlife podcast to your favourites. You can find it now on the ABC Listen app.